Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and it is September the 20th, 2020, and this is news you can use. And the previous um, study of the Sodom and Gomorrah atomic remnants were interesting. Um, they said that Palestine to Libya was all glass, like a meteor may have hit it. But there was no time frame on that particular tape to give me any idea of whether or not it could have wiped anything out beside all of the giants were all over the earth. So I don't know if that would have come into play at all, to tell you the truth. So this one here um, is an interview with a Muslim about the jinn. See what we can find out. Not appropriate for children. An interview with a jinn. Getting deeper into that issue. Al-Imam Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah, you know Ibn Qayyim. One of his books is entitled Ar-Ruh, the spirit or the soul. And that book is an exciting one. Yet the great scholar said, you're not, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <coughs> It's not necessary that you accept everything of it and take it for granted because part of that book is what he collected from the Athar and the, the old books, the people of the books of the section which we do not deny, we neither deny nor accept. And the Prophet didn't prohibit us from narrating things which do not contradict the Quran or the Sunnah. Why am I saying this? Because this experience of that book, which was entitled An Interview with a Muslim, a Jinni Muslim, who is a, a great friend of the one who interviewed him, and which took place in front of one of the major sheikhs in Egypt. And the guy who is well known as a Muslim journalist who behaves himself and respects his word. He's narrating his experience with that jinni who spent much time talking to him and he asked him more than a hundred questions about the life and the, the jinni's world. And the guy was so frank and open to him, to him that 90% of his questions he answered in an amazing way which gave people an indication. Yet, I'm still saying, we are no, we should not take everything like 100% for granted. He's a Muslim jinni from India, who is a prince amongst the jinnis. And after his Islam, 10,000 of his guard, bodyguards of jinnis adopted Islam. 
That's to give you an idea about that type of interview. I will not take it consequently, meaning because it's too long. But what is excellent about the book is the brother is always giving evidence and proof from the book and the sunnah. And the authentic ones, the Bukhari and Muslim and Asah, and Kutub al-Sitta. And whatever he can't find a dalil for, he says it very clearly, that's what the jinni told me, and Allahu A'la. The jinni became, was named Abdul Hakim after his Islam. The brother here, I will not go through the, the dalail from Al-Kitab and Al-Sunnah because it will take a very long time. But whoever would like to benefit from that, he can, inshallah, and he's good at Arabic language, he can, uh, I can photocopy that book to him, which is not sold anymore here because it's out of print. I asked the jinni Muslim, how old would the jinnis live? He said, some of them for thousands of years. Some of us live up to 3,000 years. Others live for four or five or 6,000 years. But it is rare that someone lives up to 7,000 years. As for Iblis, he has been since Allah sent Adam down and he's alive. And he has his throne somewhere on earth, on the water, in an island. And his five kids, and he mentioned some names for the five kids of Iblis, the main five ones are still alive with him. I asked him, and how old are you? He paused for a while and he was staring at me. Because one of the things, strange things which happened is he saw him in his real shape. He was possessing one of his relatives before he became Muslim. And he stayed in him until for those weeks until that was finished. So he stared in him as if he's seeing through my eyes into my depths, guessing what do I mean? was trying to read something and then I repeated the question how old are you he said swear by Allah that you won't try to harm me or to hurt me that's the jinni I was surprised and shocked at this I said why should I do that he said I'm still young Compared to the human being, I'm like 15 or 17 with the human rate. He said, no, I want your real age. With the rate of the jinnis, he said 180, which is I'm in my adolescence. 180. He later explained to him that a baby jinni would nurse his mom Huh? for almost 40 or 50 years, up to 50 years and he's still nursing oh most of the time a baby jinni would be asleep not active a baby so years? yeah taking the milk of his mama he said milk exactly like you human beings 
and sleeping. As for your dad, is he still alive? Because he's talked about thousands of years. I said, no, he died in a battle. He was careful, this believer, his dad. Which took place between him and his right hand helper, whose name was Hood. And he was 1,000, he was 950 years when he passed away. As for my great-grandfather, he was up to the sky trying to pick up something from the angels. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent a shihab on him, which destroyed him. And he was thousands of years old when he died. I said, do you know exactly how old he was he? He said, no. But he was Muammar like those extremely old, very old. Down here, everything is by evidence. This, yes, happens in the world of jinn according to what the Quran said or what the Prophet said. All that is narrated here. In this new chapter of the book, I would bring some known information to the people of experience and knowledge. But still, there are surprises and shocks for many people. Oh, this. Even in the American and Western world. And we might explain some of the phenomenons that many people are bewildered when they think of. If we want to realize or picture or view that a jinn live in every spot of this earth and to make it closer to the mind, I would say that man lives on the dry land only, right? Except when he travels sails by boat or by plane. And the oceans and the seas cover most of our planet. More than 72%. Whereas the dry land is only 28% or even less. And the experts are telling us that the water is taking more space every every day because of the melting of the, the poles. Which made some experts to give the our planet the title the water planet because it is 70% of it is water and not all the dry space left is inhabited by people lots of it is desert as you all know right subhanallah they occupy less than one over four of that dry land left yeah. No, 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 the human beings. Go to Egypt. In Egypt, we only live the banks of the river. Nile. <laughs> Most of Cairo is what? Deserts and mountains. But we live on the river bank. Now, he moved from that to the world of the genies. He said, al jinn has got their own cities, countries, and camps. Most of it is on the water. 
which we do not inhabit on the surface of the water. Suleiman used them to build him castles and palaces at the bottom and on the surface. And when Balqis came from Yemen and she got into one of the palaces of Suleiman, she thought it was water, so she moved her dress a little bit not to get wet. So he smiled and laughed, and everybody in the company laughed and said, it's crystal. And that crystal was on the surface of the water. It was so clear that she thought she's getting into water. And that's in the Quran. Right? And he has got camps and cities at the depth of the sea. My body and scuba diving. <laughs> Have you ever got that feeling when we were at 150 or 40 feet down and we were looking around us and not seeing my body that there is something? I did. You were my body for many times and Khalifa was my body for many times. I had this feeling, especially when I get into a cave and watch for eels or stingrays. There was a feeling of, I'm not the only one who is giving bubbles at that place. There are some, you know, sort of, um, and not fish. Subhanallah. Akhi, Allahu A'lam. But I'm telling you, we've been licensed by PADI, the American Association, for almost eight years now, or more. More than eight years, ten years almost, right? And we're both advanced divers. But we need to practice, right? This might fall, I'm, I'm afraid. I'll, I'll, I'll do my best not to cover it. And okay. Is that a command? Okay, he said... At the depths of the seas, oceans, and rivers, they have got kingdoms, cities, constructions, and together with the great deserts of the world, from Nevada in America, to the Sahara in Africa, to that of Asia, Siberia, full of kingdoms and for the jinn. All the empty places are their camps. So this planet is inhabited. Maybe there is not a span without someone They inhabit the caves in the mountains. Some of them do inhabit the holes. Like snakes. The holes. this enormous presence they are crowding us in our own homes and, and rooms at work in the streets so if you can see the jimmies you would see no free space in the whole world if you are allowed to see the jimmies now we believe that they are with us because each one of us has got a qareen from al-jim and he is listening now. 
and he might be saying oh this guy got that information but he's not that accurate in this maybe Allahu alam. some of them are permanent stayers in our houses in our rooms in our halls in our yards and some of them are devils and shayateen which inhabit our toilets and bathrooms that's why we say and some of them inhabit the sewage small sewage holes it is their home no those inhabiting inside are the evil ones
on the opposite. They try their best to defend you against any evil genie. Yet, their percentage amongst the whole genies all over the world is like the percentage of the Muslims. And the practicing ones are like the practicing ones amongst the Muslims. You'd be amazed to know that. When a, jinni, a Muslim jinni finds that those Muslims are not practicing Islam, they are Muslims by name, they are not praying, they would leave very upset and sad. Seek in another house which the name of Allah is mentioned sincerely in. A, a Muslim jinni is extremely sincere in his deed. And he's applying his deen extremely literally. Letter by letter. And his heart is full of Iman. That when he hears the Quran, he immediately tears down. And he has got that inhaling and exhaling loud as the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba did and moaning and signing from the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The other genies, when they hear him, they are moved to crying as well. I asked my colleague, is there any Muslim genie in my house you can see? He said, yes. All the genies in your house are Muslims. And I'll give you two of their names, Saeed and Morjan. They are the two sons of a mother, Jinniya, called Zubaida. And her husband is Muhammad, the father of the two. And they've got many kids, other kids, hanging in the roof of your room now. And they are like servants of that house. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is driving away, dismissing many of the hardships of that house because of the presence of those jinnis here. I said, don't they get tired from being hanging and sticking to the roof? He said, the whole day they are like that. Once they put the food, they get down, say bismillah and eat with you which doesn't affect the amount of food you're eating. It increases the blessings. If you remove the food, they thank Allah SWT and get back angry. Until the night comes, when they pray at Aisha, and they hang to the roof a little, if they feel tired, they get down and sleep on any couch, cushion, or chair in this very hall you have. But they wake up during the night for tahajjud. Pray the night. Then pray al-fajr. And when they fly around the roof, they keep remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are blessed, my dear brother. <clears throat> I said, don't they leave the house for any need or travel or anything? He said, yes, they do. And they come back. Sometimes they go to Al-Haram for prayer. Either in Mecca or in Medina. And they come in a blinking of an eye. 
to their house, yours. I said, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the house for me, my family, and for them. Then he commented, he said, the presence of the genuine Muslim in a house, in a Muslim house, is a sign of goodness and a proof for blessing and the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that genie makes dua for the inhabitants. That I'm used to finish Salatul Aisha and go back home. For some emergency, which I still can remember exactly when. I wanted to catch, there was some emergency and I wanted to catch the jama'ah, the jama'ah was done. Not here in Saudi Arabia. It happened here once, but in Egypt, the other four or five. And I went home, I go home, and I totally forgot. Because I'm not used to praying al-farida at home. So I make my wudu, brush my teeth, say my dhikr and sleep. Sometimes I sleep late. Almost one o'clock. And the fajr is 3.30 when it is winter time. It's very early. And when I sleep late, I need at least three to four hours to wake up. With the help of my family, my mom, rahimahallah, whatever, they wake me up with the adhan. But this happened. That some, something wakes me up very fresh at least 40 minutes before the adhan al-fajr. And this echo is saying, Laisha, Laisha. And upon this, all those times, tears come on my cheeks there. He doesn't want Al-Fajr to come without me fulfilling my duty in Aisha. And I rush. And I make my wudu, pray my Aisha. And to thank Allah, praise Him for that. Whatever Allah blesses me with raka'at. Until the time for Adah. So if it, if it, it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have, you know, taken that 100%. But it happened. So, he said, they might wake you up to Salatul Fajr or Qiyamul Layl. And if your Qareen would be a Muslim, which is not so much. So don't, please don't commit sins and scare them with sins. Or else they would leave your home. And they would be upset of you because you dismissed them. And you, give, you are giving them the space and the place for shayateen to take their place. And if the jinni Muslim inhabits your house, the angels would be more and more and more in your home. The jinni Muslim said, I'll tell you something important, you human beings. I'm not aware of. I said, Khairan. He said, Ashayateen, the devils love to live in a stinking places. And they are much attracted to Al-Najasa. They love it. And the, the terrible and horrible smell. That's why when a shaitan hears Al-Adan, he farts. Because he loves that bad smell to cover him and run away you studied that from the hadith of the prophet 
And one of the ways of healing someone possessed is to call Adan. Because this Adan is like burning him bit by bit. Repeating Al-Adan and reading from Surah Al-Safat, 10 ayat and some procedure only those experienced know. So when they hear the Adan, they run away to the nearest toilet. And they put their hands on their ears not to hear the Adan. Or use their soap to cover themselves. Some of them skip and jump in a second into the sewage holes or the sink the hole of the sink that's why if you get into Dawratul Miyah use your left foot and say the dua before you get in warn your family and your daughters from spilling boiled water in those holes without saying Bismillah if they need Two, for the sake of cleaning or whatever, let them say Bismillah first. This Bismillah will keep them away from the harm of the Shaitan. Because this might kill one of the Jinnis or a Shaitan. So his family or his mom would try to revenge from the inhabitants of the house without being aware that they did it. Not aware. But saying Bismillah would put those barriers between you and them, their heart. Especially females, because she's the one more attached to this. And if they are unable to possess, they won't hesitate. They would do that. Saying Bismillah and saying the dua fills in the gaps of your soul for them. They can't penetrate. But for getting that and getting to the toilet and having the habit of some foolish ones sing and have rock while they're taking the shower. This opens the holes of your soul for the shayateen. And if you're saved from a shaitan with the favor of Allah, you can't guarantee the continuation of that safety. Beware of idols or statues or pictures hanging on the walls. He said, Alhamdulillah, I never had any of that in my house, but I had a goose, like a small goose, <coughs> with its inside, at like an opening, a hole. I make it for the garbage. It was like for the garbage bin. It, the garbage was designed like a goose. Suddenly, in our meeting, in my meeting, first meeting with that Jinni Muslim, he was looking right and left and worried. And he was looking at the ceiling and saying salam. Suddenly, he saw that goose. So he was furious with, and with much care and said, is it made of rubber? I confirmed. He said, get a knife now and chop its head immediately. Or cover it that it wouldn't look like a goose. It would look like any solid thing. And then he said, looked up again and said, get out, get out. 
I asked him, why are you shouting and saying that? He said, I see devils on the head of that goose. On the spot, I ran and I grabbed a piece of cloth and covered the head. He breathed and said, they left. And he, he reminded me and said, Aren't Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saying, those who are من أشد الناس عذابا يوم القيامة some of those who are deserving the most torture of Allah on the day of judgment are those who are making those statues and that the Prophet ﷺ wants to get in a house where there are statues or tasawir and he reminded me of Jibreel not getting into the house of the Prophet ﷺ once because of that incident I said how about the photographs does it affect you? He said, listen, any photographs hanging has got some magnetism in it, gravity for the shayateen. It's like grabbing shayateen to it. Don't hang it. If it is for necessity, always hide it somewhere. Even if it is on the cover of a book or a newspaper or a magazine. Always turn it or cover it with something. Put them together and cover them. Don't give a shayateen any attraction to come in. And tell whoever you know of the Muslims, just for necessity, if you're forced to use those photos in your IDs or whatever. I want to ask you about this magnetism you're talking about which is found in statues and photos. Is it true? Is it true magnetism? Or you're just making it closer to my mind? He said, no, it's true 100%. Exactly like the magnetism which is taking you guys to the, the gravity. Satan, shaitan can smell it exactly as you smell the odors and the the smell of anything and he sees it from far away because it's like a rays or beams it's like for you like a cloud so shaitan comes to it running as if he's coming to delicious food there was a an elephant toy for my kids and another was like a doll I said those thrown on the moquette here he said no no these are toys for kids they don't attract shayati I said why he said I don't know the reason I'm telling you what I can see but didn't Aisha used to play with such a thing and Muhammad did not prohibit her from that maybe the gravity or the magnetism in it is put out by the help of Allah for the sake of the amusement of the kids because I don't see them attracted to that I told him please stare and gaze on those elephant and can you see the isha'at, the beams and the rays like that coming from the goose? He said, no, it's too faint. 
very very little because kids playing with it and throwing it away are destroying much of those beams and radiation in it I said subhanallah sadaqa rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I said to the jinni muslim oh he said to me don't leave don't abandon what any room in your house without using it moving in it doing something in it don't lock a room for a long time and for a month or six months or so because if you have a bedroom and you leave it empty without remembering allah in it or sleeping in it with the remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the devil prefers that place and he gets in it to sleep on that bed and he occupies that room i said you mean the beds in the abandoned rooms are beds for shayateen or any abandoned bed he said both any abandoned bed a shaitan would prefer to use even if it is your bed which you used to use before and then you abandoned it hasn't muhammad sallam said if someone leaves his bed and then comes back to it it's highly recommended to clean it clean from what three times with any towel or soap because the prophet said he doesn't know who used it after him i said so it's not condition that the room should be abandoned for a long time oh sorry <laughs> would be abandoned for a long time he said of course not but any abandoned room or abandoned bed for a long time is 100% a shaitan's place not only one many as long as if the name of allah is not remembered in that room or on that bed he all he added there are armies for iblis spreading everywhere called al-mutasakkiun what do you call those youth in who walk aimlessly just for fun yeah. youth adolescents who just walk in the streets aimlessly they don't have any aim they have a, a terminology in english huh? those who just walk to harm people or have fun or they have no job to do huh? in arabic we have the word going and coming back and going and coming back for nothing he said there are some of the shayateen who are doing that some of them stay in the streets for women to beautify them in the eyes of maids even if she is ugly he would always come and try to add something to her face or to her back and pushes a believing person to look at them and a fajr and disobedient would increase in that some of them are specialized in the lower part of a female would always tell her whisper to her to keep shaking and that that word in the american culture eh? i recently started knowing that it is one of the shake and shaking and shaky 
I'm, I'm like I'm like backwarded in that, guys. Uh, I should have known that a long time ago. But Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing from Allah. Because when I keep listening to the kids singing and saying, yeah, shake and shaky. And most of your songs are like shake, shake, baby, right? Na'udhu Billah, worse than that. I better not talk about this. And from those shayateen who is... Aha. And he keeps beautifying, decorating that area for any looker. This guy, th those guys work day and night, non-stop, 24 hours. He only relaxes very shortly because he is addicted to that work. Most of the shayateen are more active during the night in the darkness. If Allah would have enabled you to see them, you would be amazed of the huge number by the evening, the coming of the evening. Some of them are specialized in harming and hurting kids, making them fight against each other, or pushing them towards playing in dangerous places, high places, to fall and die or get injured the rest of his life or make some of them wound the others that the adults get involved appearance then a shayateen who are what's the terminology used how do you spell it b-u-m bums a'udhu billah b-m-w bums they interfere and pour oil over that fire of fighting and in most cases it ends in a crime i said to that degree a shaitan would use man as a plaything where is the mind or mentality of man he said a wise person who remembers allah subhanahu does not get involved in that that's why the prophet repeated the advice don't get angry Ashayateen are aware of this in man, this weakness. So tens or hundreds of them would gather around man in this situation and push him down to get... Huh? And I see some shayateen of kids saying, fight, 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 fight. During the breaks sometimes. Big ones who are 14 and 15. I'm in my office and I hear something like, you know, I open the window and I see those groups. Two are fighting and instead of separating them or helping them the kids go fight 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 until a supervisor is runs and catch them before it's too and i ask them why are you doing that they love to see that fight of course they are surrounded by thousands of manarati shayateen they must be <laughs> allah mustaha question they ever come different okay i need to stop that there and I'll update this and we'll go to the second one. This is more of 